Welcome to the Strange Catholics Podcast. I'm your host, Phil, joined as always by Terry in Minnesota with me and Bob in Virginia. We are three distinct voices bringing varied perspectives on the church and the world into the conversation. We want you to join in the conversation. You can do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics and leaving a message there. You may also email us at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share with one person. We used to gather around a table at Caribou Coffee. It's a coffee house in Minnesota in the Midwest. But now we gather virtually in hopes that these conversations will be a light for you as they are for us. Now, let us begin this week's conversation. Welcome to the Strange Catholic Show and the Strange Catholics Podcast. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus. You may or may not have known, but we're so happy to be back together, and we thank you for listening to our show. This week, we're going to discuss the parish that Bob visits in the First Cup. Our main topic will be on total consecration, and our saint this week is St. John of Capistrano. For opening prayer, we'll turn it over to Terry. Thank you, Phil. Good evening, brothers. Good evening, listeners. Let's uh, gather our thoughts and our hearts and turn them to God in prayer as we begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear gracious and heavenly Father, you who are our light and our joy, we thank you for the blessings you bestow in our lives. We thank you for this time away from the podcast, a time for renewal and a time to uh, perhaps focus on other things. And we're, we're glad, Father, that you have called us back into this wave evangelization. We just pray that you will guide our hearts and our words as we move forward during this time together and that our words and our actions be a light and a beacon of hope to those who are lost, to those who are seeking answers. And we pray all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Take it away, Bob. Hey, thanks. Did you know that Cops is coming back on TV? I just saw that. I didn't I did know that. See, I, I did see that teaser. Yeah. Their theme song is, does anybody know their theme song? Yeah, Bad Boys, Bad Boys. What are you going to do? Who what sings that song? What are you going to do when they come for you? <sighs> you know what I don't know is the next words, just like they don't know in the Bad Boys movies. Martin Lawrence. Bill <laughs> <laughs> Smith. Anyways. Uh, I don't know who sings that. Inner Circle. Inner Circle. Thank you. Thank thought you. That maybe, well, I thought maybe you knew that, Terry. Who, me? No, yeah. I, I, I've been out of the radio business for far too long to, remember, to uh, even pay attention to that stuff anymore. Well, welcome one and all. Thank you for listening to the Strange, Pod, Strange Catholics podcast. Hey, um. My last trip down to Myrtle Beach, I had an opportunity to attend Mass at a local church. And so today we're going to talk about check out this church 
Catholic Church of St. James the Younger in Conway, South Carolina. Nice little parish. Uh, wonderful uh, pastor and gave a, just a wonderful homily when we were there. It's just a quaint little sanctuary. You know, they have multiple masses there, I think, because they have a fairly decent sized congregation, but they also have such a small sanctuary that they need to have multiple masses. So they have, I think, believe they had, I don't know if they had a school or if they had a, just a parish hall that was not attached, but it was next door. It had some murals on the side. I just texted you one of the murals that was on the side. Really a wonderful area and a wonderful group of people. And I know we're spotlighting right now uh, some some stuff from their website. So, you know, just a wonderful, wonderful, uh, if I could say wonderful one more time, parish and it was a great place to uh go to mass very very welcoming it was quite welcoming would you say almost welcoming to the point of being benedictine um no i mean just a book i'm reading uh right now let me look at it real quick that talks about it's uh i think it's the um actually it was radical hospitality right yeah, we talked about that on the show before. Yeah, right. And that <clears throat> that talked a little bit more, got into depth about Benedictine hospitality. You know, I'm not sure it was quite that level, but it, it was very friendly, you know. Hmm. People were very nice. The mass we went to, I think there were a lot more elderly folks from the area. There's a lot of people that have moved down there. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, and now they live there and they're retired there. In fact, I don't have the actual statistics, but I'm sure I looked at these in the last month or so. You know, there's been a large migration of people outside of certain areas moving to other areas. Part of that's teleworking during COVID, and they think they can telework now with their their business or the you know where they work, so on. And they're moving to Florida. A lot of people moving to Florida or Texas, or that probably is no state tax. Um, also, a lot of people moving to South Carolina. Myrtle Beach is like one of the top 10 places that people are relocating. So there's a lot of people moving there. And part of that's obviously baby boomers retiring as well. And in fact, I think there was a couple that sat right next to us and this lady was talking to me. I'm not sure what she was saying because I can't hear very well. And uh, clean talked to her afterwards, and she had said she was brand new. And was she looking to find some friends, meet yeah, some? She, fr- said it's hard to make friends. she said it was hard to make friends because they, she had just relocated from another part of the country. Mm. But I, I don't think it's really hard to make friends in that area. So I think in that church, if she went a couple of times, she would get a chance to meet people. I think people seem very friendly. So. But it's just a nice little parish um, off the off the main road. So got to kind of snake back a little bit into kind of a residential neighborhood where it's located. So anything unique about this parish versus other parishes you visited? I don't think so. I don't I, I don't think anything fairly <clears throat> fairly new church. 
interesting design of the building, actually. But uh, no, and I don't think there was any liturgical things, if I recall, that were done. The homily was like 20 minutes or 25 minutes. So, you know me. I <laughs> we we do know you. I want to I want to well, let there be light. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised Folks, you got to be watching to be able to understand for, I didn't ask for that. That was the uh that was my my crack staff that uh you know the my the producer on this end yep. put some more light on this. What you what would you say? Executive executive producer. <laughs> executive producer. Very um, high level. I bet you pay her a lot. <laughs> so um, there was nothing liturgical, right? It was just a long homily, and it was a wonderful homily. He he was very passionate. Um, you know, spoke with a really heavy accent, but you could understand him, and he was great. And it just was too long. And he, he did reiterate himself a few times. But um, other than that, I didn't think there was anything that was stood out. Just out of that. So, I, yeah, you know, the problem is I'm, I'm trying to bring back some sort of special tidbit about that the church that makes it a little bit different. But you know, there isn't always. I mean, people should right. check it out, though. Yeah. I, I think it's worth checking out because it just was. It seemed like a good place to go to Mass. And Yeah, totally next agree. Typically, I try to bring, you know, a couple of interesting tidbits from the from the church. But, I mean, there wasn't really anything that stood out. But that's all I have for the first segment. So check out the church, St. James the Younger in Conway, South Carolina. Check it out, folks, if you're ever in the area. Now back to you. Thanks, Bob. I guess I could probably do a check out this church for the new parishes we're attending where we are now, but uh, it's probably not necessary. Um, anyways, so total consecration. Uh, this month being the month of Our Lady, Our Lady of the Rosary. On the 7th, we had that great feast, Our Lady of Victory, Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. So we have a lot on the 13th, just a couple of days ago from when we're recording. We had that great miracle of the sun that we remembered, Our Lady of Fatima. So just, and we've talked about this before in previous shows. I'll try to remember to link to that. So total consecration, what is that? Maybe people prefer total entrustment, right? Entrusting everything to Jesus through Mary. So when people talk about a Marian consecration, typically that's what they're talking about is this total and complete surrender of everything they have to Jesus Christ through his Blessed Mother. And there are really two popular ways to kind of go through this process of understanding where we are and drawing our hearts and our minds and our bodies ever closer to Christ and surrendering everything to him. St. Louis de Montfort has probably the most popular consecration. And sometimes some of the words translated in um, into English are kind of an older English. So maybe some people might stumble on that a little bit, but it's available online. I'll link actually to a free online resource that'll help you walk through it. But the, the, what is happening during this total consecration, it's 33 days of really trying to empty ourselves of everything that we kind of are holding on to 
and just really trying to let Christ reign fully. So walking through St. Louis de Montfort's uh, process, he's going to have a period of days where we're really recognizing where the spirit of the world is kind of attached onto us. And I know we've talked about this from St. Ignatius before, where the spirit of the world, the things of the world are trying to attach onto us, and we're not as in tune to how God is moving in and around and through everything that we encounter. And then as we progress, then we're moving into the knowledge of self and and recognizing who God created us to be, this unique gift that we are, and this blessing, the many blessings he's given us. Then we move into knowledge of Mary. And finally, we conclude with knowledge of Jesus Christ. So this process of total consecration is not, it's not anything that's overly complicated. It's 15 minutes of prayers a day, really trying to bring our lives, reorient our lives ever more fully to Jesus through Mary. So when people talk about Mary and consecration, that's what they're doing. They're trying to fully place their lives in the palm of our Blessed Mother's hand and just let her guide us ever closer to her Son. And again, we've talked about this before, but I can assure you that we are not capable of loving Mary more than Jesus does. That's a quick answer. If you have more questions or anything about consecration, what does that mean? Please reach out to us, strangecatholicspot at gmail.com. But in the last four or five years, I'm fairly confident on the dates on this, roughly, Father Michael Gately came out with a 33 days to morning glory. So I've done both the St. Louis de Montfort, my family and I have done both the St. Louis de Montfort, and then we renewed our consecration with the 33 days to morning glory with Father Michael Gately. And they're different, but there's some really, there's some beautiful, um, you can see how Father Michael Gately, he's not just breaking away completely from what St. Louis de Montfort did, but he, he adds some other dimensions that maybe weren't always present, right? He, it, it's, it's different. Okay, I'll say that. It's different. But I think it's, beautiful, it's different in a beautiful way. They're, they're unique. And so there, there's, we just have these beautiful gifts of ways that we can grow deeper in our faith, and especially during this uh, year of St. Joseph to grow ever closer to his bride, Mary, to grow ever closer to our Lord, the one that he was entrusted to protect and help raise. You know, it's it's just a beautiful, I think, motion of the Spirit to really completely entrust our lives over to Christ. So Father Michael Gately's, and I'll link to this is Father Richard Conlon's um, kind of summary of what this looks like under Father Michael Gately. And it's a little bit different, uh, but it, it also has, uh, again, that that recognition of where we need to grow. What are some of those stains that we have on our soul that we need to release ourselves from? What is that, that divinization that we received at baptism? And then look at those gifts. You know, when we completely offer ourselves to Mary, you know, in imitation of Jesus, you know, really placing ourselves in her arms, just like our blessed Lord did. It's, there, the, and 
What's different about what you're going to see with Father Michael Gately is the first week he's going to focus on St. Louis de Montfort. Week two is St. Maximilian Kolbe. Week three is St. Mother Teresa. And then week four is Pope St. John Paul II. So uh, if you've ever done a consecration before, it's good to renew it because I think it helps reignite that vigor, that flame. And if you've never done it and you're like, what is this weird thing? Again, 10 to 15 minutes of prayer, but it's really it's really a surrendering of our lives to Christ. And it, and it's it's trying to rid ourselves of any of those things that we've just kind of been brushing off or maybe been getting a little spiritually lazy. So the mo- the main point of this consecration conversation is that it's a better way to draw ever closer to our Lord, entrusting our lives to Jesus through Mary, asking her to guide us and protect us during our journey. Uh, Terry, got any thoughts on that? Well, thank you for bringing that forward, Phil. You know, when we were talking about ideas for this first show back, and you brought this up in the in the text conversation, I was uh, quite honestly completely clueless as to what total consecration was. So this was very educational for me. So thank you very much. And again, for me, not to sound like a broken record, because, you know, we've talked about this in other podcasts, but anytime you can have an opportunity to connect with the Blessed Mother, whether it's through the rosary, whether it's through this total consecration, whatever avenue you're, you are using, it is never uh, a bad thing or a waste of time. Prayer uh, prayer can always uh, be useful. It can be a great way to open our hearts and open up that conversation with God. So for me, that's that's all I have. Love the background, Bob. That's pretty awesome. I got <laughs> I got disconnected, so I didn't get I never can go wrong with prayer. No, and, never. And and never go wrong with prayer. You can never go wrong with journeys, right? You know, it's always to walk through a journey and you know it's it's a it's very invigorating spiritually. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Good point, Bob. Great point. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's, I think, you know, sometimes we can get a little, we can get rote, right? We can get an emotion with our spiritual life. And it doesn't mean that we're not spending that time in contemplative prayer every day, which we should be doing. And if we're listening to this podcast and we haven't done any contemplative prayer, we need to just stop the podcast, go do your contemplative prayer. Um, and then come back. And we've talked about this before, but as long as you've done that, okay, then we can move on. But, you know, we can get kind of in a, in a motion, right, where we're just kind of going through the motion. And if we're not finding a way to deepen our own spiritual life, whatever that might be, maybe total consecration isn't for you, but maybe a dedication to the holy face of Jesus, um, or divine mercy chaplet, or what, whatever the thing might be, the rosary, saying the rosary daily, spending time in adoration every week, uh, going to maybe a daily mass a week, whatever it might be that we need to kind of, 
And you can try all these things and see what works for you. Uh, it's the beauty of our faith. And as we of the hours, yes, there, there's, um, it's almost endless things. I mean, there's so many different things that you could, um, the church does not prescribe that we do any one of these things, right? These are all personal devotions, but we can see the fruits of these practices and how they deepen people's, um, prayer lives. And we can see how the Holy spirit really invigorates within people. Again, we all have different charisms. We have different ways in which the Spirit wants to do whatever God's will is. And so maybe for one individual, going to adoration is really challenging for them. But maybe they can go serve in another way, right, that really invigorates them. So it all speaks to our personality. It speaks to our our charisms, how we are, how the Holy Spirit within us that is alive really helps to animate and and helps us to grow and flourish, whatever that might be. And we're welcoming now to the show the man. But I I didn't have any more on total consecration, but any other questions, anything that I didn't make clear enough, anything I could help illuminate a little bit more? I'm I'm clear. <laughs> Bob has switched his background once again, and he's got this very festive, colorful background. Um, Every time I s- switch it, it, I, it disconnects me. Oh, wow. So okay. Don't do that then. Just leave it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, it's, it, it brightens my day just to look at you and your beautiful background, Bob. Anyhow, getting back to you, Phil, uh, you've done a great job explaining it. Um, and any kind of any time that we can turn our uh, ways to God um, through a dedicated time of day in prayer, whether it be you know that thirty three days that, that you were talking about with this, uh, you know any time that we can get is going to be that time that the Holy Spirit is really going to jump in there and move and and really do that magic if that you know if that's what you really want to call it um of opening up your soul and really ingraining that love of christ within you yeah it it, um it's even more intimate right yes yes it um it makes it an even more intimate relationship and when we can surrender our lives ever more to Christ, um, then he's more able to work within us. He's able to work through what we're doing ever more freely because we've removed some of those, um, whatever those distractions might have been, that were not leading us up to Christ. Beautiful, Phil. Thank you. Okay, well, it's a good time to take a break. Thanks for that, Phil. Folks, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with the Saint Spotlight. Stay with us. All right, we're back, and it's time to talk about the sparrows into Capistrano with Terry. Uh, this week, Saint Spotlight is shining on Saint John of Capistrano. Of course, we know the the very famous Mission Church, where the swallows return to every year. However, this is Saint John of Capistrano, the man. Um, his feast day is coming up October the 23rd, or has already passed, depending upon uh, when you're listening to this podcast. 
St. John is the patron saint of judges, jurists, lawyers, military chaplains, and the military ordinate of the Philippines. Born in Italy in 1385, John lost his father, a French or possibly German knight who had settled in Capistrano at a young age. John's mother took care to have him educated, and after learning Latin, he went to study both civil law and church law at the University of Perugia and practice as a lawyer in the courts of Naples. King Ladislas of Naples appointed him governor of Perugia at the age of 26. John showed high standards of integrity in his civic career, and in 1416, he labored to end a war that he that had erupted between his town and the prominent house of Malta Esta. But when the nobles had John imprisoned, he began to question his life's direction. Encountering St. Francis of Assisi in a dream, he resolved to embrace poverty, chastity, and obedience with the Franciscans. He set aside his profession and left his wife, actions that were the result of an intense experience of conversion. He paraded through the the, uh, streets of Perugia, seated backward on a donkey and wearing a paper hat that listed all of his sins. Having humiliated himself in this bizarre repentance, he applied to the Franciscans of the strict observance, and they accepted him. He entered the Franciscan order and became well-known for his preaching and his teaching. Immediately, the order put John on the fast track. He was ordained a deacon in 1420 and a priest right around 1425, 1426, depending upon which of the resources uh, you are looking at. The observance commissioned him to preach all over the Italian boot. With his remarkable gift for speaking, he revived the hope of thousands whose faith had eroded in the chaotic 14th century. He preached repentance to laity and clergy alike. He found a mentor in St. Bernardine of Siena, known for his bold preaching and his method of prayer focused on the invocation of the name of Jesus. John successfully defended his mentor from a charge of heresy made against his way of devotion, though he found less success in his efforts to resolve an internal controversy among the followers of St. Francis. A succession of popes entrusted important matters to John, including the effort to reunite both the Eastern and Western Christendom at the Ecumenical Council of Florence. He traveled through Italy, Germany, Bohemia, Austria, Hungary, Poland, and Russia, preaching penance and establishing numerous communities of Franciscan renewal. After Constantinople fell to Turkish invaders in 1453, Pope Nicholas V sent John on a mission to rally other European leaders in defense of their land. Nicholas's successor, Pope Calixtius, 
the third was even more eager to send the Christian world to defend itself against the invading forces. When the Sultan Mohammed II sought to extend his territorial gains into Serbia and Hungary, John joined the celebrated general Janos Hyundai in his defense of Belgrade. Marching at the head of 70,000 Christians, he gained victory in the great battle of Belgrade against the Turks in 1456. This feat earned him the moniker of the soldier priest. Weakened by the campaign against the Turks, Hyundai became sick and died soon after the victory at Belgrade. John survived to preach at Janos Hyundai's funeral, but then John himself fell victim to the bubonic plague, which flourished in the unsanitary conditions prevailing among armies of the day. St. John died on October the 23rd, 1456. St. John of Capistrano was canonized in 1690 by Pope Alexander VIII, or, again, depending upon which resources you are looking at, in 1724 by Pope Benedict VIII. St. John of Capistrano, pray for us. Pray for us. And pray for us. Pope St. Calixtus. Calixtus. <laughs> yeah, okay. Calix- Calixtus, yeah. Calixtus. Yep. Calixtus, yeah. You know, I looked, I looked at it a couple of times. I thought I had it. Better edit that. <laughs> I will. It'll be out. Don't worry. No, you got it. You got it. It was a wonderful saint. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, I mean, a wonderful saint to look to for his his mission, his fervor. Well, and then having that conversion where, you know, he he was in the public eye and kind of sort of similar to Ignatius of Loyola mm-hmm. um, in that he really recognized where his life was headed wasn't where God wanted him to be. And Amen. so he made a complete about face yes. and turned his eyes towards God. Yeah. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I need you to have a conversion. I need you to contemplate and have a conversion and reach out and rate us on your podcast platform. Whatever podcast platform that you listen to us on, five, five stars, please. That's what we need. That'll help other people. Other people listen to us, find us. I mean, you could make the argument after a year, if they haven't found us yet, maybe they never will, but we need all the help we can get. So we appreciate that. So thank you for doing that, folks. And you can go on any podcast platform and find us, your Stitcher, your Spotify, Apple, all that. Um, Also, we want you to send us your prayer requests because we're here to pray with you and for you, about you, about the world. So please share your prayer requests with us. Right now, the Twilight Zone actually is on right now. and we can we can pray together. 
Also, we'd like to hear some comments from you, comments or questions or show ideas. Please send us a question, send us a show idea. You can do that through the, through the podcast platform, but there's a better place you can do it. And Phil's going to tell you where it is right now. Strange Catholics pod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics. And please do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. So you can see all this fun tomfoolery and everything that's happening on this show tonight on episode 57. Time for closing prayer. And Phil has volunteered. Indeed. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we bring before you the prayers that we hold in our hearts, those prayers of the listeners that are now listening now. Hear those prayers, those intentions, and these that we ask for specifically. We ask for the protection of life from conception until natural death. Pray for all those that are preparing for marriage, that they be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit, and that union that you long for with them. Pray for all those that are married, those that are struggling in their marriage, that God in whose union they are joined, draw them ever closer to his son's sacred heart to reconcile any differences and to heal their relationship. We pray for, all, we pray for healing, especially for Bob and for all those that are sick at this time, those struggling with COVID, serious illnesses, those that are hospitalized. We pray especially for the medical workers that you protect them, guide them. Let them be your healing hand, all in accordance with your will. Pray for the repose of Haley and Joachim and all those that have died. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. and Let their souls and all the souls of the faithful departed by the mercy of God rest in peace. Lord, you raised up St. John of Capistrano to give your people comfort in their trials. May your church enjoy unending peace and be secure in your protection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thanks, folks, for joining us this week. Look forward to talking to you next week. And until that time, love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Love you, brothers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Catholics. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation and it helps you dive into a deeper reflection and union with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to leave some feedback, please go to anchor.fm forward slash strange Catholics to leave a voice message, or you may also send us an email at strangecatholicspod at gmail.com. Links will be in the description. Please share this podcast and this episode with at least one person. This will help get the word out and get more people to join into the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to us. This really helps the podcast get traction and help even more people discover the peace, love, and mercy that our Lord offers and is longing to offer each and every one of us. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious day and may God bless you.